Hello, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, Rachel McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. <laughs> this is wonderful. Your husband. This, this is wonderful. This is a show we talk about things we like, things that are good, things that we are into, things that bring us joy, peace, relaxation, spicy flavors. Laughs. Laughs. Cries. Cries. Pleasure. It's all raw pleasure here <laughs> on Wonderful. Every episode, week in, week out, mm-hmm. we are serving it up hot. And I'm so happy to be here in the studio for what I, I believe may be our penultimate recording yeah. in this space. Yeah, We've already said goodbye to a lot of friends in here because yeah. I've put them in boxes. Yeah. And then we so are, not really goodbye as much as see you later. See you soon, buddy. Uh huh. And um, ah, gosh, I'm gonna make a lot of memories in this space, huh? In these old bones. <laughs> Look around at the bones, huh? <laughs> you don't care. You're so you're so ready to be rid of these bones. <laughs> I I admit that the office has always been kind of your space. I don't think of it that way. And when I walk into this room, I think like, I don't have to worry about anything in here. That's good. Okay. I do like that. We aim to please here in this, here in the studio. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we are, we are going to be moving like in six days, which yeah. sucks. That's so soon. We have so much to do, babe. We'll figure it out. We always do. Yeah, I'm trying not to think about it uh, in the moments when I can't physically do anything. Yeah, you're sitting at a desk and you're about to talk about... Like I can't pack right now. You can't pack right now. You're about to talk about, you, you know, Honey Nut Cheerios or whatever. <laughs> uh, we Wouldn't are, that be great if that was it? Like you just nailed it? One of these days I'm going to guess it. I know. Um, we are going to be on a bi-weekly schedule for the next month. So uh, no episode next week. Uh, we will have one the week after that that we're going to record probably in the next day or so, and then we will be skipping, I believe, the first week of August, and then we should be back in the saddle, baby. Yeah, we've never done a cross-country move together, so this no. is going to be uh, something else. It's going to be something else indeed. It's going to be very good. We I'm are not. Excited. We are fortunate in that we are not like driving a big U-Haul ourselves with our Christ, two children. No, no. We, we have that under control, but we are definitely going to be ping-ponging around the country for a little bit. It's going to be kind of outrageous mm-hmm. these, these, these next few weeks that we have ahead of us. But I'm very excited, DC, very excited to get up in you. Austin, it's been so real. The 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 threat of uh, ERCOT rolling blackouts here in the last, in the home stretch is enough to kind of send me off with a little... Uh, Little kick on the tuchus, yeah. uh on our way out, and uh, that's a that's a shame. But um, we're ready, and we hope you are too for small wonders, mm-hmm. because we're ready to talk about small wonders. And Rachel's going to go right now. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, do you have one? I mean, it's just TV stuff. We finished Barry season three, which is maybe some of the best television yeah, I've ever seen. Really Cannot recommend it enough. Never seen it. it. Got so the Emmy nominations came out today. Oh yeah, uh, people are sort of up in arms because Sadie Sink, who plays Max on Stranger Things, didn't get a nomination. Oh, a lot wow. of people were expecting that yeah. after that one incredible episode. Um, Barry got a nomination for best comedy series, which like I get it. I know this season in particular, I would not classify no. as a. It, there weren't a lot of belly laughs as much as there were. A, oh God, 
Oh God! Oh no! Um, but we also just started Murders in the Bu- Only Murders in the Building season two, and that show yeah. kicks ass too. And we started watching Russian Doll season two last night too, and that show kicks ass. A lot of ass kicking on TV these days. Yeah, a lot of good television. No, that's a hundred percent true. It's been nice in our mm-hmm. in our sweaty our sweaty AC free home. On the, on the first floor. Just. I'm going to say, I came up with one. Yeah, please. And I don't want to like buzz market a particular company, but I'm going to say that I was not aware that there is uh, a company where you can sell your car to it. Yes. And you can do most of the work online and then you just show up and they give you the money that they told you they would give you. I like that. I haven't I haven't gone through the process entirely yet, but we are going to become a one car family when we are in DC, so I'm getting rid of my car and I was very nervous about that process cuz I've never sold a car before. And then Well, you've traded traded them in. Yeah, exactly. And and then they kind of like wink at you and give you like 50 bucks. Yeah, right. Yeah, they give you a Taco Bell (laughs) gift card. (laughs) But this is the first time that I've actually like tried to sell a car. Yeah. And I was very happy that it was not nearly as scary as I was expecting. So stoked. I thought I was gonna have to like put it on Craigslist and then I was gonna have to deal with murdered. Yeah, a lot of emails (laughs) about like, well, I don't know, show me a picture of the cup holder. And put your feet (laughs) up by the cup holder when you do that. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm excited I'm excited to reduce our carbon footprint by removing one of our feet. One of our car feet. <laughs> yeah. That's the company we're selling to, by the way, is Car Feet. Car feet, yeah. <laughs> uh I go first this week. And the thing that I am going to talk about, I know empirically that you are not going to be very into because oh, we tried talking about it last night. And okay. it was it was uh it it was not your bag, baby. <laughs> Before before you really get into it, can I explain? Yes, please. Okay. But go ahead and say what your thing is. Mine is the uh, the image that came out today that Joe Biden just threw up on the PowerPoint presentation in the in the what the Rose Garden or whatever of the Webb's first deep field uh, taken with the NASA's uh, James Webb Space Telescope. Yeah. So here's the thing, and this is what I was explaining to Griffin. Yes. Uh, I feel like the easiest way for me to get this across is to tell you that that when I have dreams at night, uh, my dreams often involve navigating a grocery store and or being in a public place and realizing that I'm not wearing shoes or socks. Yes. And I say that because when it comes to space... It is so beyond my comprehension. I am so concerned with the minutia that when someone talks to me about space... It just, your eyes just sort of glass over. Yeah. Yeah. And so I see a picture of space and I think that's cool. Yes. But like, I can't, I can't get there, man. Here is why I want to take another swing at this. It's the coolest picture of space ever taken. Okay. And I think I can kind of try and explain why. I have no astrophysics knowledge really whatsoever. Mm-hmm. My understanding of this of this uh high res glossy JPEG is is very rudimentary. But even on that level, there is so much cool shit going on uh that I can't help but be like really, really, really fascinated. And I also want to say I'm not one of those people that thinks like the moon landing was fake. I just want to put that out there. I believe space. I believe space. You believe space. I believe space. I just like don't know how to be a space enthusiast. So please, please help me. I totally understand you. I don't know that this is going to get you there. Okay. uh, Okay. So this image that came out yesterday, Webb's first deep field, I showed it to you. How would you describe it? It's just a bunch of galaxies. 
It's just a, a whole bunch of galaxies. Yeah, it's a very dark photo with a lot of little light points, and there are varying shapes and sizes. Yes, and you can the, the image is of a resolution where you can really get in there and look at like these never-before-seen structures inside of each of these galaxies featured. And it's, it's dozens and dozens of them uh, sort of occluded at points by these like very pointy-looking stars that are just local stars like in our system that we have sort of snapped a picture beyond using this super-deep infrared camera. Uh, I, I, the, the scale of that one image, which like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to look up, I feel like to really hang with this, this segment, if you haven't seen it, it is of a, a, a portion of space that if you imagine holding a grain of sand and holding it out in front of you at arm's length, that is the, that grain of sand represents the actual space of space that this picture depicts. It is microscopic on a sort of terrestrial level. And even though it is such a small, 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 small portion of, of our sky, uh, it has a lot of stuff going on inside. Yeah, there it. is a lot of stuff in that picture. Um, so this this telescope, the James Webb Space Telescope, just launched last December, I think. And this is the first image that has like come out from it, that has been made public from it. Uh, and this this telescope is the most powerful telescope we've ever put in space by a pretty huge margin, right? Up to this point, Hubble has been, which did I do a segment on Hubble? I think I might have. This may be my second space telescope themed segment on this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. But the like mirror array and sensors and everything that are on the James Webb are three times bigger than the Hubble. And oh. it has all sorts of like sensors and things on it that the Hubble is just not capable of, of doing. It's able to, specifically, it's able to sort of pick up infrared light at like a way deeper wavelength from way further away and therefore way longer ago. That is the first thing that is kind of mind boggling about this image. What you see in this image, all of these tiny, you know, little blips of of light galaxies floating in in the void. uh, What we are seeing is light that is billions of years old. Uh, It is the youngest like picture of our universe that we've ever ever seen as humanity that we've ever seen one of the galaxies pictured i think they said was 13.1 billion years uh the the light has traveled for 13.1 billion years to to reach this telescope which is wild their estimate is that we are seeing a portion of our universe from within 1 billion years of the big bang it's like the furthest out by a pretty wide margin that we have ever seen that alone is very very cool uh, a couple of sort of observations about the picture. I showed you the sort of distortion of yeah. some of the galaxies. So some of the galaxies that are depicted are kind of like curved into these pretty dramatic arcs. Like it is, you, it's not something that you have to really get in there and look at. Like some of the galaxies look like, you know, pretty archetypical galaxies that you have seen in space pictures from the past. And some of them look like capital C's. Like they are really, really bent. What that is, is called a gravitational lens. And essentially what that means is that these more dense clusters of galaxies form this gravitational force that bends space-time around them, creating a physical fisheye lens effect. That's not some like, oh, the, the, the camera took a weird picture of these galaxies and therefore it distorted the image space itself is distorted 
by these really dense clusters of galaxies that form this this gravitational lens. Like being able to see space-time affected in a like very visible, very like surface level way is fucking bonkers. It is a wild, wild thing for me, somebody who doesn't know anything about space and for like astronomers and shit who are learning a lot of things about uh, our universe just from this one image. That's not the only thing that is like new about this image. That's not the only thing that people are studying about this, this image. Um, The telescope captured the light from these galaxies, right? But using a sort of broad spectrum of sensors, they were also able to sort of color code like the stuff that the signals that they received from these galaxies. And from that, they can learn about like the composition of the galaxy. So looking at the image, red galaxies are just obfuscated by so much space dust that they can't really penetrate and see what's going on in there. Uh, There are blue galaxies in the image which have stars, which have a lot of stars and not much space dust. And then there are green galaxies in the image, and those have, like, uh, chemical compounds that they can kind of read, and hydrocarbons, uh, which is a word I wrote down without knowing what that means. Uh, The telescope also captured what's called spectra, and spectra is basically, like, readable data about a distant object's like physical and chemical properties. Using that, they can study like, they can reveal all sorts of stuff about the universe hypothetically, right? And about physics. Like they can learn why galaxies form and combine. They can learn what a galaxy that supports habitable planets looks like. And as an extension, like could potentially find out what types of galaxies could potentially have life living in these exoplanets inside of them. Yeah, see, that that makes it a little more real for me because that's the other thing I wondered. Like, I never really understood, like, obviously space is incredible and exploring it is worthwhile and just how incredible it is. But, like, like well, what does it inform, you know? It, that's the thing is, like, uh, this telescope represents such a tremendous escalation in our ability to see distant space and study distant space. Uh, And this is the, I I, I don't have a whole lot to say. I'm sort of running a rough shot over my notes here at this point, but like that's the first image. They're expecting four more to come out this week uh, from this telescope that is magnitudes more powerful than the most powerful telescope we've ever had before. There hasn't been like, at least from my sort of, again, layman's view, like, some staggering development in our understanding of the physical universe uh, that has like made huge headlines. I'm sure there have been, you know, obviously things that we have learned that have made small headlines that I couldn't be bothered to, to see, but like yeah. the potential from, from these images, the potential uh, of things that we have to learn cannot be understated. And the fact that, like, there's all of this stuff that that people are excited about that we could potentially learn from a single image that Joe Biden held up in front of the White House, like, look at this shit, gang. The first image of it, right? Like, the possibilities are literally endless. This is a grain of sand that we are seeing in the sky that is, like, filled with all of this data. And beyond that, it is, like, 
tear jerkingly beautiful. Like it is, it is existentially sort of nourishing uh, in a way, if that is again your jam, which I understand if if it is not. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it is incredible. You know, like somebody I know posted that and gave like a Carl Sagan quote just about like our size. Our little blue dot. Yeah, yeah, our size in relation to the rest of the galaxy and the rest of the space it's it, space place. It is uh <laughs> it's not it's it's literally incomprehensible. Yeah. The scale of it is incomprehensible. And if I get thinking about that too much, I like yeah. start I do start to sort of derealize in a way I'm not a big fan of. <laughs> um but from a from a like this could ch- this could change everything perspective or if if not change everything like it could introduce a whole new era of our understanding yeah. of like the universe of existence yeah. like that's so powerful that's very true i feel like kids with the exception of maybe pluto have been taught kind of the same thing about space for like generations now yeah it would be interesting to see that change and a lot of that gets lost in the sort of like theoretical right which is not you know obviously has tremendous scientific value but now but i saw an image yesterday of (laughs) space-time bending around yeah a bending around shit and that's like that's i've never seen anything like that before in my in my whole life yeah and that's like that's really cool. And yeah. I think it's also, I think it would be easy to kind of leverage the criticism of like uh, everyone's fascination with this, that, that, you know, when it came out yesterday, because this is happening, it came out at a time that is like pretty horrific in civil civilization yeah. um specifically for you know the our our country and where where yeah. it is at and so it's easy to be like oh boy it's sure is bad here but man those galaxies sure are pretty but I, yeah it, it's it is more this is bigger than that it's more fulfilling than there that. has to be space in our brains for those two things to coexist Absolutely. right like the the part of your brain that is like you know we are still under the stranglehold of this pandemic and we are in a situation where more resources could really help us yeah. and also it's important to go to space and put a very expensive telescope up into the atmosphere and hope for the best because like doing both things is part of the human experience you know yeah sure i mean there's there is that we have gained so much as human beings from our like endeavors into space from a like technological standpoint a scientific standpoint but also like i don't know from a philosophical standpoint it is i i think it's deeply important it is yeah it, it is a way of unifying the human experience which like there aren't a lot of ways to to do that to really be able to zoom way 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 the fuck out and and see this you know infinite cosmos like beyond us i obviously that is very pie in the sky sort of uh thinking but it's i i I think there is something essential about it and it it's just this is the most exciting thing that i i can remember seeing 
uh, sort of in that regard in my yeah. lifetime. And that's, yeah. and that's very cool. I cannot wait for more of these images to come out. Like, yeah. and that's never happened either where it's like, you know, they'll have some, uh, deep space probe. that's like, Hey, we got pictures of Neptune. And I'm like, Whoa, cool. I'll check those out. But it's net is net it is Neptune. <laughs> this is like the the curvature of space time that I can sort of yeah. make my fucking desktop background, which is just <laughs> the coolest shit ever. Anyway, that's the that's the the James Webb telescope. And can I steal you away, please? Yes. Thank you. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Hi, I'm Janet Varney. And just like you, I survived high school. And we're not alone. On my podcast, The JV Club, I invite some of my friends to share the highs and lows of their teen years. 
like moments with Aisha Tyler. But when you're a kid, the stakes are just pretty low. Go to school, try not to get in trouble, get laid. Jamila Jamil. I watched television probably every waking hour during that time, and I was shit-faced on medicine. And Dave Holmes. We talked and talked, and then everybody left. It was just us two, and I was like, I love you. Learn how you too can be a functioning adult after the drama and heartbreak of high school. Every week on the JV Club with Janet Varney. Find it on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a judgment-free show. Hi, I'm Biz, host of One Bad Mother. Whether you're a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I signed my stepson up for a camp that is actually in another state. I feel really stupid, and I don't think we're going to get the money back. And then he found out that the car manual is a book about cars, so now he's reading our car manual. We So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org, and yes, there will be swears. This feels a little bit like when you watch the news and they have to shift gears, you know, yeah, sure. like they talk about this big, impressive thing. Well, you've done that to me so many that's times true. where you're like, here's this poem that's going to make us both cry. And then I'm like, Skittles. Fritos. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess this is on the lighter side. Oh, boy. Um, mine also has to do with Joe Biden tangentially. Okay. Uh, because I'm going to talk about White House pets. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I guess that is sort of tangentially real. I don't know anything about I I don't care about White House pets, so I don't really know anything <laughs> about So it's like uh, me in space and that is completely fair. You yeah. know, I I am not super interested in space. Yeah. Which I would say is on equal level as White House pets. I think in the minds <laughs> of a lot of the people who consume the things that we create, my general ambivalence towards pets is probably way more sacrilegious than your uh, ambivalence about space. Yeah, that's fair. Sorry, folks. That's fair. They're we, cute. I like, we, I like looking at them. We do not have a pet right now and we have don't. had not for a while now. And so we're kind of like falling out of the pet circle. Yeah. But I think our ultimate plan is to get another pet at some point. At some point, yeah. When we, we have settled in, in our And we children. don't have two human pets <laughs> our children are a little more self-sufficient. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm sorry I referred to our children as human pets. That's a really <laughs> creepy way of saying that. I'm saying the level of uh, exhaustion and destruction that is real. That also is makes me kind of like a cat in a cardboard sort of box. Sort of brood mother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't like it. I don't either. Uh, so I was kind of interested in this because I've always been kind of fascinated with how the White House works. Yeah. You know, like how the residence like is maintained and specifically how pets like factor into that. I mean, yeah, I mean, you watch West Wing, you can't help but be a little bit more curious about the day to day <laughs> operation. Like, where does Toby? Well, do and stuff? I just think about again, this is this is me being very practical at all times. But like, how how does that work? Like, like for us, getting a pet is a big decision because we have two young children. Yeah. 
to be the president. How much interfacing <laughs> with the dog are you actually doing? Yeah. I don't like, know. like to make a decision of like, I have to care for a pet. And then like, and then that be such an important part of being president. Because like in the history of the presidents going all the way back to George Washington. Yeah. Uh, there have only been a few presidents that have not had pets. Uh, and we say pet, it's dog, right? Like it's almost, no. No, that's what's really interesting. Oh boy. You go back far enough and there's all sorts of exotic animals. You're kidding me. <laughs> so James K. Polk, Andrew Johnson, and Donald Trump were the only presidents to not have pets. Okay. And they even say- <laughs> a, 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 a very exclusive club. <laughs> they even This article even says like, although we should be fair, Andrew Johnson did find some mice in his bedroom and he did take care of them and feed them. So we could technically hey, call them Andrew pets. Andrew Johnson. That's fucking wild, dude. That's way wilder than having a pet, I think. <laughs> but yeah, like if you go back, Wikipedia, of course, has an article about all the presidents and their pets. And if you go back to George Washington, uh, there like there are pets listed. Like this is this is since the beginning of the presidency. Yeah, uh, it became kind of a media focus uh, with Warren G. Harding and Laddie Boy. Laddie Boy was this dog? Was, was it a Scottish Terrier? Airedale Terrier. Okay. I don't know what uh, that is. Born in Ohio. Yeah. The um, dog or Warren G? <laughs> the dog. Okay. Warren G. Harding, I should specify. <laughs> do you think he ever said regulators roll out? Like, do you think he ever did? Now job, Griff. What? A, oh, I was thinking of Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I get Optimus Prime and Warren G mixed up in my it's head. fair. Uh, no, there's like, there was a lot of, uh, media coverage, uh, this is when they started using the expression, the first dog. Uh, that's ridiculous. They had like a whole process around the managing the dog. The dog had his own hand carved chair to sit in during cabinet meetings. Cool. Cool and great. The White House had birthday parties for the dogs. That Uh, I paid for. That I paid for (laughs) and you paid for. Well, I mean, it was 1920, so. Okay. Maybe our ancestors paid for you know uh, they're still doing dog parties. Like, it'd be ridiculous if they weren't doing dog chairs now. <laughs> um, before I get into some of the, the variety of pets, I will say that I was surprised to find out that since the 1970s, there has been a chief groundskeeper and what they call dog whisperer extraordinaire in this article. Is it Jeff Jackson Galaxy? Well, Jackson Galaxy was a cat. A cat man. Yeah, he was a cat man. Who was the dog one? Caesar Milan. Thank you. No, so Dale Haney uh, has been managing uh, dogs in the White House uh, f- since the 70s, as I mentioned. Uh, I you, some stories there. You'll o- yeah, right? You'll often see some pictures of him out on the White House lawn with the dogs. Uh, he's been on this since uh, Richard Nixon, did, which real, is crazy. Did, what, what did Tricky Dick have? Do you have a dog? Oh, a few pets. Uh, the, the dog in particular is the Irish setter King Timahoe. Some uh, names on these presidential uh-huh. pups, huh? But I mean, Nixon is kind of famous for Checkers, which was the cat oh, that he right. got for for his kids. Actually, it wasn't a cat; it was a cocker spaniel. Sorry, a lot of dogs, a lot of dogs. That's in, too many. In the that's history. too many dogs. I feel. Do you think Haney ever is just like someone rolls up with like eleven dogs, and he's like, "God, really?" <laughs> so I wanted to highlight uh, a notable president, uh, Teddy Roosevelt who had six kids and thus a lot of pets uh, through the presidency. Um, These pets include um, a pony, 
Oh, wow. We have a lizard. We have a snake called Emily Spinach. That's good. Uh, His daughter, Alice, named it Emily Spinach because it was green as spinach and as thin as her aunt, Emily. That's so good. Uh, More ponies, dogs. uh, You can't just say more (laughs) ponies, dogs. There's several ponies. That lived at the White House? Yes. Where? I mean, there's a lot of grounds. That they just converted into stables? I mean, they can do whatever they want when they're president. I guess so. Uh, There was a small black bear named Jonathan Edwards. (laughs) There was a what? A small black bear from West Virginia, named after the religious leader Jonathan Edwards as an ancestor of Mrs. Roosevelt, and eventually sent to the Bronx Zoo. What? I have a lot of questions. Wasn't that also the guy who did the, like... Medium crossing over shit Uh and was also like a debaucherous senator. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. All these things are true. Just a lot of great, just a lot of really stand up Jonathan Edwards. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt also had a pig, a rat, uh, a bull terrier, a rabbit, cats, a hyena, an owl. Oh, uh, a hyena, (laughs) an owl? Bill, a hyena named Bill. Which was the gift uh, from an emperor uh, from Ethiopia. Well, you can't say no to that. Right. I get it. And then Fierce, a one-legged rooster. That is the wildest menagerie. How have I never heard about this? That we had a president who had many ponies I mean, and an also, owl Calvin, and a Calvin Coolidge uh, also had a lot. Uh, I mean, just look at Did he have a bear? A raccoon, a donkey. Uh, a bobcat. Why, guys? Mm-hmm. Another, yeah, we did have a bear, a black bear from Chihuahua, Mexico. He did have a bear, Bruno. Okay, um, but <laughs> did- Mrs. Coolidge sent sent that one to the zoo. Okay, but like, <laughs> did we have? To, did we used to have bears as a people? Uh, I mean, I don't think you, your neighbors would have a bear, but I think if important, you're president, important people were probably gifted bears occasionally. And they, that's why they, he was like, I got to become president so I can have a bear and people won't say shit. Except my <laughs> wife. What'd you do with my bear? Uh, and the, if you go forward in history, then it's just a lot of dogs and cats. Um, Boring. Yeah. Y- you don't see anything too crazy um, after JFK. JFK was kind of, kind well, of yeah. the last. Uh, ponies, he had a bear. Ponies. <laughs> no. He had several bears. He had a small army of bears. Yeah, no, ponies and, and dogs and a rabbit and a horse and, okay. you know. All right. I guess <laughs> you made it, right? Like, you did it. So I guess you can have as, as many animals. So one, there is a presidential pet museum in 1999 oh, that uh, was developed, like... but it was closed for renovations. Just oh. a lot of pictures, like telling stories about the presidential pets. Oh, okay. Um, The reason that I kind of got on this is in January 2022, the Bidens brought a cat to the White House. Just for a day, though. (laughs) Just so they had a guest pass. Um, It's it's a cat. Actually, Jill Biden was giving a speech in Pennsylvania on the campaign trail, and this cat, like, jumped up on the lectern. And was Um, tackled She was, like, giving a speech in a barn, and, like, this cat. And so then the owners of the barn were like you can have the cat clearly the cat is interested in you so that's wild here take this cat (laughs) that's pretty wild i thought so too 
If I'm a, if there, people if a president has ever given a speech at my house and like one of our kids like runs up and like shoots silly string at him or whatever, <laughs> it's your kid now. It's your kid. <laughs> he uh, clearly so likes you. I was reading, so I was reading about like where can this cat go? What's the deal with the cat? Uh, so they. Um, the cat is primarily restricted to the residents uh, on the second and third floor. Uh, Willow, the cat, uh, particularly enjoys the solarium, which is a bright space above the south portico. Yeah, no shit. It's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> but they also, like, will load her up into, like, Air Force One, like, when they go on vacation. Like, they went to, like, the beach and they brought the cat with them. Which to the is, beach? Yeah, which is wild. That's the thing. A lot of, like, throughout the history of presidents, a lot of them take a lot of responsibility for these animals. You know, like, yeah, there's uh, stories about Barbara Bush when her dog had puppies, like, staying up all night with the dog and the puppies to make sure everything went okay. So, like, it just, it's really, it's how hands-on you want to be i guess, I guess so uh, there are maybe some other things that i would rather our nation's <laughs> elected focus. leaders to kind of <laughs> pull up their fucking sleeves i will also say about. in this article they talk about how willow is allowed in the east wing and it has been known to take naps on the desk of a press secretary that's got to be hugely <laughs> insulting yeah somebody else i was reading about for the Obamas. Oh, here we go. Uh, Michelle Obama's press secretary said that Bo was at her job interview. Okay. Uh, so she's like sitting in Michelle Obama's office and the dog comes running in first before the first lady. That's kind of a big <laughs> dog, right? What was Bo? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, gosh. What, is, what is that? What are they called? It's like a very specific uh, Portuguese water dog. Whoa. They got Bo uh, first, and then Sonny, who was also a Portuguese water dog. Well, I don't know that one. Mm-hmm. I know Bo. Mm-hmm. I know Bo. <laughs> That's interesting. I've never thought about it before because I didn't know it was something I should think about. But knowing that we have had bears in the White House, <laughs> which is the well, plot of like a pretty good movie, I think. I don't know for sure they were allowed inside the White House, but I see you what, can't tell I a bear where not to go. It's a bear. Yeah, if it me, wants to go in the White House, it now will. Now that we're talking about it, let's just get let's get real. So Thomas Jefferson had a bear. Teddy Roosevelt had a bear. Calvin Coolidge had a bear. And that is it. Just three bears. So the three that I happen that's, to speak that's about. The, that's the We Bear Bears reboot <laughs> that we've all been waiting for. Uh-huh. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. So those, those, are, those are your presidential pets. Uh, it's an important part of the presidency. Uh, clearly the most important part of the presidency. given a lot of attention. Um, I will say John Quincy Adams had silkworms and an alligator. So this is, this is a rich vein. Like this could be multiple segments. Ultimately. Why do you have an alligator? Why do you have an alligator? Uh, it was said to have belonged to the Marquis de Lafayette and housed for two months in the East room. Although this story has been widely circulated, the lack of evidence from contemporary accounts or official records suggests an apocryphal myth. I did not think you would have an answer to that, <laughs> literally. Some of these have a lot of details. At the hip, ready to go. Um, yeah. Okay. You know what's fun is if you go back really far, uh, like George Washington, for example, uh, had some foxhounds, one of them named Sweet Lips. Okay. That's a pretty good name for a dog, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Mm-hmm. Description. 
mm-hmm. if you so choose. Uh, we have some shows coming up. You very soon. It's very soon. You can uh, find links to that. I think at bit.ly slash McElroy Tours. We have merch over at McElroyMerch.com. And, uh, of course, there's a whole bunch of uh, other shows on the Maximum Fund Network that we would highly encourage you to check out at MaximumFun.org. Shows like a, shows like a triple click and uh, shows, shows like a stop podcasting yourself. If you so, if, if you, we I should need to say, stop saying if you so choose. I don't we, know why. <laughs> we should say on those tours, the Portland and San Diego shows are sold out. One of the San Diego shows. I do, are there still tickets for Taz? Uh, no, that that's sold out too. Oh, being sorry, gang. Okay, so, well, but if you hey, are good, good news, Salt Lake City. Yeah, if you are in or around Salt Lake City on July twentieth, there are still tickets available. Yeah, that's coming up very soon. Uh, okay, that's it. No episode next week as we uproot ourselves. Yeah, uh, we'll be back, I guess, on the so the week of the twenty fifth or something like that. And then uh, we'll we'll skip the next week after. It'll that, be uh, yes, the week of the twenty fifth. Yeah, but then we're going to be coming at you with that DC energy. We're going to be rubbing elbows with all the presidential. Pets. Our podcast will be recorded while we are walking and talking. Yep, that's an important part of it. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. We yeah. sure do appreciate you. Yeah, and um, the, the, yeah, have a good one. Have a good one. Thinking about you. Thinking about you today. That is a nice shirt. That's an, I thought you were talking to me, and it was maybe the most excited <laughs> I've been today. No, I was speaking to our listener who okay. was wearing a nice shirt today. Yeah. Yeah, you hate, you hate my shirt. No, your shirt's fine. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.